Hello, hello, sir. How Hi, are you? All good. Thanks. Thank you very much. How are you doing? So All well. Much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, welcome to everybody. Uh, we have with us today a former cricketer who has played for India A and for Tamil Nadu and for CSK, and is currently the assistant coach and the strength and conditioning for coach for Tamil Nadu under twenty three. A very very warm welcome to you. Sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'd like to start off this podcast with the question that we ask all our guests. What is your earliest memory of cricket, and how did you become interested in it? Basically, I think uh, uh, since my childhood, I've always uh, <clears throat> played many sport. So cricket is one of my passion. So from the age of five, six, uh, I've been playing many sport. But at the age of fifteen, sixteen, I took up cricket as a profession. I, I decided that I want to become a cricketer, and uh, that's where my my career started. So till then, I was playing many sports. So uh, outfield, uh, outdoor sports, or something uh, uh, which I really enjoyed uh, more than studying. So that's how it is. That's cool. Um, so. Can you take us through your journey from club cricket to for India A? What was that journey like? It was definitely not an easy road, easy path to make it to that level. But I think it took a lot of time, a lot of self-realization to know what you really want and how do you actually want to start. So it's very important that you play school cricket and. and your college cricket uh, those are the base i think unless otherwise you do well in your school and college cricket nobody is going to recognize you so it's going to be a, a combination of uh, you need to have a have a good school team you need to study in a school where they encourage sports i was uh, fortunate i was uh, part of a school which really encouraged uh, sports i was given admission uh, for sports in a sports quota in a school then uh, college uh, so did my master so everything went well from there on so that's how you really uh, Uh, get a chance to make a mark uh, at at the state level right so did you study in loyola did you play for loyola as well uh no i didn't play for loyola but uh, i was i did my masters in loyola so i did my uh, schooling in santom 11th and 12th and uh, my uh, bachelors in vivekananda college so those were my critical uh, period i would say in my life which actually gave a base Uh, to play and take up cricket as a profession. Okay, so I think so. You would have played for Vivekananda then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, in undergrad, you were uh, you studied at Vivekananda and you played for Vivekananda, and in your and your masters, you went to this college that Vivekananda has this great cricket rivalry within the Chennai. Yeah, that's right. But uh, <laughs> how was yeah. that? Right? But I was <laughs> no, no. Uh, see, uh, once you finish your bachelor's, you always want to do something uh, so that you can fall back on something. That's one of the reason I did my master's in financial management. But uh, fortunately, uh, I never had to fall back on uh, my master's. Uh, I had to. Uh, I had. I had been very happy with uh, playing the sport cricket. Right. Um. So um your 
school and college level cricket they kind of were the base for you to go on into your professional cricketing career is that what you feel definitely definitely i think unless otherwise you are going to play school cricket good uh, school cricket which really encourages sports because a lot of schools have a lot of uh, uh, many sports but uh, there are very few schools who actually encourage and give you admission uh, in a sports quota to do and play uh, play for the school so it's very important uh, kids have to get into that kind of school uh, where they encourage sports and uh, same uh, goes as well to uh, your college so i was fortunate and we had a very good team both school as well as college so you have to really uh, push your uh, case to actually uh, get a chance in the level right right um so my <coughs> next question is uh, can you take us through what was your experience like with the ipl with and uh, what's the dressing room like in csk okay so uh, you can see uh, when i got picked for the ipl team uh, it was like uh, something i was in a different world because uh, the kind of cricket what you have played from school cricket college cricket of your state uh, you could you could see a difference 10% 20% 30% jump so the adaptation and uh, your understanding and your expectation it will actually meet your uh, demands but suddenly getting into the ipl uh, forum and uh, it's it's going to be a totally a different world you can't even believe that you are in that kind of a world and you will be sharing the dressing room with uh, mutya molitor and matthew wade and micah c so it was it was uh, you know it was very fantastic i would say it is it, it was a great feeling um uh, which actually uh, oh well i was over uh, to be part of the part of the ipl team so it was a great experience i would say right and for someone who has played uh, cricket so much in chennai and growing up in chennai to wear that yellow jersey and to hear so many people you know cheering for chennai that must have been something definitely definitely i think uh, it's, it's a it's a dream for any cricketer to play for a csk and uh, that too for your own uh, franchise and from your own state obviously uh, you have to be lucky to be part of the team right so um from uh, being a cricketer um, when and how did you decide to take up coaching coaching i think uh, i decided a couple of years back that i want to get into coaching since then i was playing the sport so i decided okay can i can get into coaching i can make a difference that's where it all started maybe i would say 3 years back i started my coaching career okay and uh, why the focus on strength and conditioning why it's a good question i would say um, i think strength and training is always a part and parcel of my life uh, i would always give credit to uh, training uh, uh, because uh, without proper training i don't think i'd have played the sport uh, for a long time so training has been uh, one of the uh, primary focus which i have always uh, focused on for a long period which actually made a lot of difference in my cricketing career mentally as well as physically so i thought being a coach and a trainer will actually make a difference in one's career because the point of contact is going to be one so uh, so you exactly know what your what your training methods are and uh, you know how to address the the bowling loads as well as the 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 technicalities which demands uh, uh, bowling as well so i thought it's it's a dual combination it's a like there is a lot of work to be honest but it's quite interesting because uh, uh, as i earlier said 
the point of contact is going to be one so you don't have two people doing the job so the coordination between them has to be very very precise and uh, since i've played some some sport so it's easier for me to actually uh, um, be with somebody be with somebody to understand the nuances uh, what each and every individual will go through on a day to day basis so that's that's something which is very very critical and it's it's a, it's a very very specialized uh, uh you know type of uh, coaching i would say and um, i've been enjoying that i've been uh, training a lot of fast bowlers a uh, lot of batsmen spinners obviously cricket and other sport as well uh, especially in cricket uh, i think uh, i was able to make it through okay that's nice uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the strength and conditioning coaching so people in india you know have especially become very um, aware and keyed into fitness and functional training and strength and conditional training and all of that very recently and quite a rapidly growing industry i must say in india so um and you are one of the first uh, indians to get a level 2 certification from the australian strength and conditioning association so how important do you think is this certification i think uh, uh, certification is is very important uh, your education uh, is going to be very important uh, it's it's a combination of size and art so it's it's very important that you need to have a base for uh, strength and conditioning it's just not your experience but with your experience uh, with your education can actually make a huge difference right and um so like what has been done about the quality of strength and conditioning coaching that is available to athletes of all level in india and is there something like the asca in the indian context is there an indian equivalent uh indian equivalent i don't think so what will what will uh, i know about because uh, okay. the research is uh, more or less happening in uh, other countries like australia england and the us so uh, not really but there are courses in india as well yeah okay so um so in the absence of such a certification that is available easily in india itself how do we um you know ensure that the quality of coaching you know, strength and conditioning training that is being given to athletes in india is of a is evidence based and you know is not really you know, a lot of people can uh, they kind of sometimes they just do like a diploma in uh, physical therapy and they apply techniques and say yeah i'm now a strength and conditioning coach so how do we actually in the absence of a certification a national level certification in india how do we ensure that the quality of the training that is being given especially to athletes young athletes and uh, you know because see, athletes are, at higher level already are being taken care of i feel so see there are certification i would not say there are no certification in india but mm-hmm. it's see uh, unless there are you, there are certain certifications from the from uh, from australia or uk uh they have been given a lot of importance if you really want to make a mark i think those are the certifications which you you had to do so it's not that uh, you do indian certifications it's not recognized but whatever uh, come what may i think at the end of the day you need to have uh, the understanding of of the of the subject and uh, moreover uh, 
you need to understand the psychology of of the cricketer of any sportsman uh, what is required for that certain individual what what difference can you make because trust is something which is very important from the from from athlete's point uh, unless the athlete is going to have trust uh, it's not going to work even you can be one of the greatest strength and conditioning coaches in the world uh, it's it's very important that you should be able to apply uh, what you have studied or what whatever you have gone through in your life so that uh, that works for the athlete it can be uh, some it can be right for some uh, wrong for some uh, so it it's about what difference and what is that you can do for the athlete that is that is something the care is is going to be very critical whenever you are going to train any athlete for the matter right so have you ever come across cases where an uh, you know when where athlete has been training in the wrong way has gotten injured has come to when you had to build again and uh, get them back there were cases, yes yes there were cases where a few side strains uh, back injuries some uh, shoulder surgeries ankle surgeries yes i have uh, worked with especially with athletes so it's been uh, it's quite a challenge uh, for me to work with them and uh, it also gives me uh, uh, a different uh, perspective uh, to think for them uh, from their issues uh so i have been on a physio table many a time i have been to doctors many a time in my in my cricketing career so that really helped me having a conversation with the physios and the doctors had given me some basic knowledge and understanding of the sport and of the body so with that with your education with your experience and uh, with lot of other other factors which are going on that really helped me to actually uh, work on the specific cases uh, which you are which you are actually mentioning Uh, it really helped me, and uh, they all got back to uh, uh, playing uh, uh, proper cricket. Okay, and how difficult is to get a player to unlearn their wrong practices and then learn something that is the right two things? Uh, sorry, come again. It got stuck. I think because of that. Okay, uh, I was asking you know how difficult is. for an athlete to unlearn their wrong practices before learning what is the right way of doing something it is it is uh, quite difficult obviously but uh, uh, being a coach i think that's what uh, your job is uh, tell them the right practices what what they are supposed to learn how they are learning so basically you need to uh, set a base for at least for a month to show them what exactly they need to do how they need to do you will uh, uh, um, impart a lot of uh, Uh, knowledge uh, uh, for for each and every athlete because uh, giving knowledge to them is going to make a lot of difference because end of the day you will not be traveling wherever they are going end of the day they are going to play the sport uh, and they are going to be alone wherever they are so unless otherwise uh, you are going to teach them uh, the right practices you have to give them the knowledge the the required knowledge don't uh, give them too much knowledge also because they will start over thinking i also have cases like that so you give uh, the right knowledge what is required so that you they will start thinking okay what is that i need to do so that whatever i have done in the past uh, i should not repeat it in the the, the future past future so that's how it is right and um so my i have another question like what's the level of awareness among athletes who are just starting out in their uh, professional careers uh, about the need for functional training you know strength and conditioning and uh, how do you counsel them 
see counseling atlas service people are going to come to you and ask for help you will not know what what is that you you actually can can do or what is that they want unless they are going to come to you and ask for something uh, ask for help so it's going to be real hard but there is there is definitely awareness in, in the in terms of uh, strength and conditioning or training or anything for that matter but i would say the proper channel the way uh, the way you train uh, there are certain things which you have to follow uh many are following many are not following so uh it's very important that you need to uh, focus on their loads loading parameter which is very important whether it's bowling or uh, your training because uh, if you're going to be tired uh, and you're going to have a very hard session obviously the the athlete is not going to recover so it's very important the recovery is going to be key the nutrition is going to be key the psychological aspect of each and every athlete is going to be key your training your weight training everything comes into play your bowling loads so everything has to be monitored and accordingly you design a program and train them so that takes some time for them to understand because it's going to be a it's going to be a some uh, some long process so once the understand uh, seeks uh, in i think it's very easy for the athlete to actually uh, go and perform and uh, start believing what they can offer right and um in terms of you know having a strength and conditioning coach i think it's a fairly recent phenomenon as far as uh, sports are concerned in india so um what is the dynamic like with the skills coaches and especially with the head coach so head coach is somebody who takes responsibility of the team and uh, you have specific coaches working on specific aspects uh, like a spin coach works on a spin bowler batting coach works on a batting uh, batsman fast bowling coach works on fast bowlers head coach is going to uh, oversee all this all this uh, people and uh, how they can he can perform under pressures so basically he'll be like a head so uh, he'll be having control over the team for whatever the win or losses so end of the day the pressure is high on the head coach so it has to be a combination of everyone gelling together coming together uh, so i would say head coach is also one among the coach so it's just that uh, the the uh, people have given a role as a head coach but it's a combination of everyone even the support staff physios trainers everybody put everybody has a, uh, a role to play uh, so that uh, they can produce an athlete so nobody actually to be honest nobody is bigger or nobody is smaller it's, it's they are all on the, on the same page they all have to work together to produce an athlete right so have you has there ever been like instances where the head coach um, like encroaching on to the strength and conditioning uh, territory and how do you deal with a situation like that uh no so I, uh, honestly speaking i haven't come across uh, what a little experience that i have i don't think anybody has come across that but generally people uh, do not intervene in your work uh, right. but somebody if somebody has a suggestion they'll always give you a suggestion but uh, nobody will protrude in whatever uh, you're doing so that's how professionalism is all about so i don't think i haven't come across anybody who's uh, poking poking in my job but so yeah but have you ever come across any doctors who like to like give you their opinion in you know in a very strong way as to how you should go about your job because no, we doctors no, no, no. we are really love doing that 
No, no, no. Anything to do with the body? No, doctor, no, doctor, don't come into play at all. If it has to be, it has to be uh, only the coach. Uh, maybe uh, the trainer and the physio will go hand in hand because if anybody has a niggle or anybody is carrying injury, uh, the trainer and the physio has to go hand in hand to consult, to come to a conclusion. What kind of training methods I can follow now? What loads I can I can start now? So maybe the physio and the trainer has to go hand in hand so that you understand uh, better. Uh, in terms of what the physio is trying to say, but uh, I don't think uh, it's a problem. But maybe there might be people who are facing this. Maybe you can ask this question to them. No, because I asked you this question because uh, I think there was this um, there was this rugby team that was uh, you know it was kind of not a very high level rugby team, but uh, one of, one of the rugby teams who. Um, there was a sports medicine consultant who had very strong ideas on how to go about it he kind of was like drilling into the physio you know as to how he should go about his job and 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 the exchange that happened was the most interesting thing i've ever heard you know in my life see honestly see the drilling doesn't happen here but maybe the belief system has to change i would say because uh, some even now uh, people have uh, okay i we shouldn't do much of weight training we shouldn't train uh, too much we shouldn't do this maybe the belief system can change and uh, once the responsibility has been given to somebody i think you need to trust them 100% and give them the responsibility if they don't deliver ask them questions that's what i would recommend wherever uh, uh, you go as a coach or a trainer uh, maybe the belief system can change but nobody drills drills into you honestly but uh, maybe certain belief system because uh, there are a lot of things which keeps updating being a doctor you must be knowing so every every day there are something some new thing coming up every every single every month there is a new thing which uh, comes in so you have to keep updating yourself so the updation is something which is very important for the snc uh, who has to have uh, uh, sync with the coaches and the physios so maybe the coaches are willing to listen to you the head coach or maybe the physio if they are willing to listen if they trust you then your work uh, becomes much easier so maybe that can change a bit i would say okay so can you tell us in uh, you know in really layman terms what is the difference between training someone for cricket whereas training someone for say run Training someone for cricket and training someone for rugby. For some other sport, uh, let's just say. No, obviously, the, the the functionalities and the, and the movement patterns are very different compared to each and every sport. Cricket has a certain movements, rugby has a certain movement, soccer has a certain movement, and you need to know what kind of training methods and methodologies that you need to follow uh, for each and every every sport. You need to know the biomechanics of the sport, and uh, and you need to know. Uh, Uh, what kind of injuries one can actually go through while while playing certain sport if you are an athlete you might have a lot of hamstring tear if you are a cricketer maybe you might have uh, stress fractures and uh, uh, shin splints which are very common uh, rugby knee injuries basketball jumpers knee so there are a lot of uh, sport has a different injury patterns so maybe you need to keep an eye of uh, uh, these these patterns and uh, and their loading patterns their movement patterns To train them accordingly so which is very important what kind of loads they can take 
or some can take 100 kilos some can take 50 kilos some can take 20 minutes of training some can take 40 minutes of training it depending upon um the loads that each and every athlete can go through that is one and also uh what is the requirement of of that sport for example fast bowler uh, um, requires a different uh, demands okay uh, where nobody else uh, 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 cricket uh, needs that a keeper needs a different uh, uh, demands a, fa- a spinner needs a different demand a batsman needs a different demand so you need to train accordingly so that and you also get a feedback so whether because you can't be thinking that you are doing uh, and training them right so it's very important that you need to uh, get a feedback from each and every athlete on a day to day basis to actually understand whether your training methodologies are actually helping them or or not so you can change in case you do anything right yes uh, carry on in case you don't then you have to change and uh, help that kid right um so you are one of the first indians to actually have a case study published in your name um on that to on a on a subject like keeping a fast bowler injury free throughout a domestic season so i mean it's kind of understood that if you have a case study published it's something that is a very rare occurrence and that's why they're publishing it as a case study so first of all congratulations on publishing the case study and secondly congratulations on achieving something that is so rare that it Thank you know that it is worthy of publication can you uh, briefly explain how you manage this impossible task i don't know i never thought of, i don't know whether it's impossible but i really enjoyed uh, while i was doing the case study i had to do an article and i had to submit so i was just thinking for some time what is that i i want to do what is the article what kind of article i want to write so uh, i decided being a fast bowler being snc i thought i can i can write a case study absorbing a fast bowler what one will go through so it's a combination of experience education research so it really very very interesting where it was a very very intense uh, process i would say which i had to go through for 10 months so uh, i was fortunate i never knew that i was the first indian coach who produced the case study but i'm really happy the when they when they just mentioned it uh, pretty happy about it I want to produce more articles of such sort nice um so like apart from being a strength and conditioning coach you're also the assistant coach for tamil nadu 22 especially looking of fast bowling so how do you see these two roles converge see uh so it's as as i said earlier it's a combination of uh, uh, what what is your role so being a fast bowling coach and a snc your you'll be managing the team in terms of snc and you'll be monitoring your training as well as the bowling loads of fast bowlers it's quite a quite an interesting job i would say uh i don't i don't see say any kind of difficulty or problem as long as you enjoy what you're doing so definitely there can be cricketers who can be produced at the the, at the next level provided you have uh, support and uh, people are willing to uh, understand what you're trying to say right um so and because you're playing this dual role as both the fast bowling and the essence coach uh, how do you think it impacts the players under your care 
how, uh, is it uh, you know better for them to have someone who is you know taking both roles at the same time or how do you see the impact see as i said earlier i think the trust from the athlete it's very very important if your athlete is coming if a fast bowler is coming coming to you he has to believe that he can really make a difference in his bowling as well as in his uh, uh, in his Uh, in his training so once the athlete has a trust then everything is going to be easy so it all starts from what you can deliver you, you can offer you can talk to them you can tell them the importance of uh, what a fast bowling coach and snc can actually make a difference once uh, they buy you then uh, they start training with you once the trust comes in i think everything is going to be easy for you i don't i don't think it should be a it should be a problem definitely you can make a huge impact uh there are no doubts about it not no two ways about it i personally think uh, i don't have any doubts i'm pretty confident about it okay and do you actually feel that it's better for the strength and conditioning coach to you know have some level of uh, like working understanding of the sport do you think that uh, places you in a definitely just being a strength and conditioning coach uh, is is not going to get you anywhere it's about understanding the sport understanding the nuances of the sport anybody can give you any exercises but giving those exercises how can actually it can impact nathi at what time um, the exercise has to be given what kind of exercise what patterns you are going to follow when are you going to give what is the time duration what exercises you are going to select uh, during the course of the time so when you have to do such exercises and what is the load how many sets reps so everything comes into play unless you understand the sport unless you you know what it is it's going to be real hard for any snc to actually uh, uh, getting to uh, getting getting into some sport right um okay um second so want to ask you this would be like one of my last questions on this topic uh, in fact yeah so what is your next cricket dream my cricket dream yes i have many dreams honestly speaking i want to be a fast bowling coach and a strength and conditioning coach at whatever level i can uh, i can offer wherever whichever uh, level i could go i think uh, uh, sky is the limit so i want to be a fast bowling coach and a snc so okay. to make a difference in uh, training as well as in a fast bowling uh, fast bowlers career okay and what do you enjoy more is it the fast bowling the skills coaching or is it the snc coaching both i would say both otherwise i would have been become a fast bowling coach in snc it has both has equal importance i can't say uh, obviously when i bowl i like fast bowling obviously but the the base behind bowling bowling uh, fast bowling is 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 my strength so strength has been my passion uh, that is something which i have always worked on throughout my life that has actually made a difference so they go hand in hand so if i never had the strength i would have never gone on uh, gone on to the field and uh, bowled or played for such a long time so it's 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 something uh, they go hand in hand i would say so i can't uh, be partial to one uh, no but if if you actually have to pick one what would you pick it's going to be a tough decision for me but uh, as of now okay and as an all rounder what is more satisfying for you is it uh, watching your ball crashing into middle stump or is it hitting the bowler behind their head um 
I would say, uh, I would say, I think uh, the you picking uh, wickets or getting it's it's the the best happiness you get when when you can win a match for your side. So that's the best happiness. If you're if you're an all rounder, you have two departments where you can actually deliver. Not many will have that uh, quality. If you're if you, if you have that quality, you're fortunate. So you should be able to win matches for your side, whatever whatever level you play. So that gives me immense uh, happiness. Obviously, picking. Uh, bold or a six gives me the same happiness but i would rate i think uh, winning winning matches for your side gives me immense happiness because the whole team is going to be happy everyone is going to be happy uh, the, the the whole energy system changes so the, you can see everyone happy nobody uh, can will be sad so that gives me uh, more happiness than me picking a wicket or uh, getting a six hitting a six okay and um prevent injury what is the single most important thing for a fast bowler i think proper training your nutrition is going to be key you can't eat uh, crappy food uh, that's very very important because it's all it all starts from your nutrition your sleep cycle is going to be very important your training methods as i earlier said it's it's going to be very important your loading parameters whether it's training or your your bowling the loading has to be monitored on a day to day basis Uh, i think it's a combination of all put together and moreover uh, i think uh, the understanding of uh, by the athlete of what you are trying to that is going to be again very important so it's a combination of all put together uh, you can't keep bowling every day and you or you can't keep training every day it's a combination of both so uh, obviously it again depends on the athlete what loads uh, he can or he can take and what he can't so accordingly you have to work okay so to end this part with something like you still play gali no no i don't <laughs> i don't play gali <laughs> okay. please if you can if you can get me a chance please let me know i'm ready to play <laughs> if you can influence so <laughs> ask ajit sir he plays gali cricket all the time he lost to me also you ask him oh maybe okay Yeah, you ask him how he lost to me. Oh, really? We'll do that. Yeah, but sir, you caught him. He lost to me. Oh, really? Okay. You should really take him to task and be like, how you can lose? How you can we'll lose? Do we'll do that someday. <laughs> um, and you know, at the time when you used to play cricket, what was the most funniest rule that you have ever come across? Funniest? Funniest rule in gully cricket that you've ever come across. Funniest rule, I think. They'll uh, say one bones catch, two bones catch. So when there is no space, you can't hit full toss. So they'll say one bones, two bones. If you get beaten once, you'll you'll be given a second chance. You get beaten for the second time, you will be you'll be out. So full toss, you can't hit. Left side, you have to hit uh, towards the right. You can't hit it towards the. left side so there are a lot of uh, i think uh, rules which was fun that time but now <laughs> we don't we don't play much of gully cricket <laughs> right okay we'll just take some questions from the audience um yeah, let's yeah, see sure. okay 
I think uh, how do I read this name? Chesu Babu. I think he's your friend. He's asking you when you're going to get married. He's waiting. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> Good question. Couple of questions. Here. Okay, is leg spin more demanding or off spin? Demanding in terms of what do they really mean? Demanding in terms of skill, fitness. If it's going to be skill, then I would say leg spin has. Uh, it's it's more demanding than off spin. Okay. Okay. It seems in. in terms of fitness in terms of fitness what does that yeah. mean uh legs is leg spin more demanding or is it off spin in terms of fitness fitness both are going to be same not much difference but in skill level leg spin is going to be more challenging because you need a lot of practice right and there's a question like why do you feel tamil nadu is struggling in red ball cricket at the moment red ball very good question i think it's a controversial question so <laughs> i will not be able to answer exactly what it is but i think uh, the wickets can be slightly better the, the whatever the first divisions that we are playing here the wickets can be slightly better so that uh, we can produce uh, quality bowlers because uh, the demands of uh, batting uh, uh, it's much easier than uh, bowling and the conditions are obviously hot hot and humid you don't have much sea movement uh, whether it's in the air or on the the wicket so uh, i think we can uh, produce some uh, sporting wickets so which can actually uh, uh, make uh, make the red ball cricket better okay i think another question from I think there's a lot of people who are asking you to analyze their action and things like that. Uh, okay, I got a question on WhatsApp. That's how how different is it between training? a male athlete and training a female athlete for the same sport uh, it's definitely not difficult but obviously the demands are much lesser for a female athlete so you need to train them accordingly okay um not the question okay there are comments about politics in cricket Asking from your perspective, why is there so much politics in cricket? It's not in cricket; it's everywhere. It's not just in cricket; it's in every sport uh, all over the world. Any job you take, uh, you have politics. But cricket has been seen more because uh, uh, it's it's everywhere in media. It's on paper, so you get to see uh, what you actually can. So other other uh, departments don't have. Obviously, you must be having a lot of politics in in your medicine medicine field. 
so as uh, any other uh, any other field so you can't uh, be just uh, taking on cricket or any any sport so any sport has people go through the same uh, uh, or take the whatever it is that's how it is okay and do you, what is your opinion about bumrah's action it's a very unique action nobody can mimic nobody can train the action so you can't tell some bowler okay you have this is how you are supposed to bowl somebody has the action you need to just know what what you can do as a, as an snc to to uh help the bowler to sustain for for longer longer periods uh, maybe extend his career by having the same action because that is a very very unique action and also very difficult for the batters to pick uh, the action that's one of the reason he's been very successful at uh, international level and what are your tips for aspiring fast bowlers please seek a seek a good uh, good guide i would say or a mentor who can help you with uh, uh, with training and uh, coaching so you need to understand what you really want because fast bowling is a very very special and rare art so unless or you are you are mentally ready physically fit to take up the take up the job uh, you should never take up the job because uh, it's going to demand a lot so if you are very sure if you have a lot of passion towards fast bowling if you have interest towards fast bowling then yes uh, with the help of uh, uh, trainers and coaches uh, definitely uh, you can take take up uh, fast bowling as a as a profession okay i think there's this follow up question about uh, the difference between training a female athlete and a male athlete for the same sport they're asking can you explain how the demands on a female athletes are less are lower than on a male athlete considering it's because uh, i think the ball weight is lesser compared to the the, the weight what we use uh, with the male athlete male cricket and uh, women have certain restrictions uh, they can only to a certain extent they can uh, the demands obviously uh, are going to be lesser compared to a, a male athlete so you need to just work on the demands and uh, what their capabilities are so demands are definitely lesser okay um, i think that brings us to Question. Somebody is asking, "What is your best memory?" This this will be the last question we take. Um, what is your best memory? Best memory in cricket, or as a coach, uh, as an SNC? I think they've not specified. Let's say in all these three things. Okay. If it's going to be, if it's going to be, if it's going to be fast bowling, I think uh, my best memory, picking a five four uh, against uh, Himachal Pradesh at Himachal, he won uh, won that match outright. Uh, that was one, and batting uh, me uh, getting a hundred uh, from fifty four five against Bombay. That's my first hundred. Uh, these are the two memories uh, which are very fresh in me. and as a coach as a coach i think uh, 
when when any athlete trusts you uh the, the amount of happiness you get and uh, you really want to work towards the athlete for his betterment for his success uh, that is something which i really enjoyed that is what i i keep looking in athletes uh, so that's that's the, that i think it's an ongoing process it, it doesn't stick on with one athlete but whenever uh, that moment happens so that's one of the greatest moment i would say I think that brings us to the end of this month's podcast. Thank you so much, sir, for taking time out from your schedule and uh, having a chat with us. It was such Thanks. a pleasure hosting you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thanks to everybody who joined as well. And uh, hope to see you all next month. <laughs>